Hi, I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, founder of the nonprofit The Woman Behind the Smile and your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making and something that we've kept hidden and that in time, turn in turn, keeps us hidden from each other in the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow. While it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perspective about your circumstances. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people who've been through extraordinary struggles and found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lesson gleaned from those experiences. Today, I have a special guest. She's a friend of mine. She's my mentor, my coach. She's the one that kicked me in the pants with a few other girls a few years ago to get my story out. Her name is Nancy Matthews, and I'd like to welcome Miss Nancy to our show today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Debbie. It's really an honor for me to be here with you. Uh, like when I was thinking about it this morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, Debbie's interviewing me. She's been on Dr. Oz and Cameron Hall and CBS, and I get to be interviewed by her. Like that's the, I'm so happy uh, and honored to be here and to be in the space with you and be a little part of your journey and all the impact you've made. Well, so you're so thank sweet. You. Thank you, you for standing up and speaking up. Well, it's something that uh, I learned at WPN during speaker training. And uh, I've always been one to speak up, but not about something that was so personal and, and mm -hmm. vulnerable to me. But let me tell folks about who you are, because I know some folks that are on the show may not know who you, who you are and what you do. Nancy Matthews is a speaker, author, and business advisor who combines her 25 years of business savvy with creative ingenuity and an intuitive understanding of people to bring about stellar results. As co-founder of Women's Prosperity Network, we'll refer to that today as WPN, along with her two sisters, Nancy's leadership creates a space for women and men to embrace and step into higher levels of self-mastery and business acumen. Since 2008, Women's Prosperity Network has served thousands of people through workshops, conferences, and mastermind events, and the weekly Wow Wednesday teleclass that features today's thought leaders and experts. Nancy is an author of The One Philosophy, The Visionary with Guts, The Receiving Your Riches course goes on and on and on, and she and her sister <laughs> are avid Bruce Springsteen fans for all of you. <laughs> Springsteen folks. Um, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. I don't know if you've been able to, to do any concerts or if you guys are just reliving YouTube concerts right now. Pretty much that. Pretty much that. Those were the good old days. <laughs> uh, good old days. Well, and Nancy is a friend and, and just we've got so much to talk about today in our just in our conversation. And I love I think it was Trisha used to say that sales is a conversation. Well, I think life is just a conversation. And we're going to have one today because Nancy has the one philosophy which we'll talk about, but I just loved how you, you put out there about appreciate, educate, and elevate. Those are three lovely words that have so much behind them. And last night, it's funny, you, you were telling me how you were excited about today's show. Well, I had visions of all these sugar plum things going through my head last night, and the one word that came to me that I feel describes you the best is resilient. And I want to talk a little bit about 
what you're doing today, but let's go back a little bit in time. And during your lifetime, was there one time or what was the one time in your life that you feel that you might have been taken advantage of? I'm going right for the Right yeah, going right. You're going right in. Right um, down there because we're going to elevate up from there. All right. So back in 2005, I guess it was, I I was not in any romantic relationship, and it was Christmas time. I remember this so succinctly because it's fascinating what the when you ask what you want and then source God provides, right? So I was like having dinner with friends and, and I was like, no, I'm going to wait until my kids are out of school before I get into another relationship. It's too confusing and complicated. I was a single parent. It was just like too much. The relationships got in the way of me being with my kids it was the story I had. And my friend said, well, can't you create an awesome relationship with somebody who it all works out with your kids? Like don't anticipate it's not going to be good. So I was like, oh, I can do that. And about a week later, um, a gentleman knocks on my door, literally came to my house, and he was tall, he was handsome, he was a business owner, and we had water damage from a hurricane. So I ended up hiring him and his company, and then he starts flirting with me. And then the next thing you know, we're going on a date, and then the next thing you know, we're dating some more, and some more, and some more, and he ended up moving in, and, you know, it was a very quick response to me to what I perceived as, oh, yes, I'm ready to have and be open. And about three months into the relationship, I found out that he, I knew he drank a lot. And then I found out he was actually on probation for all kinds, being arrested for stealing. And he was actually addicted to not only alcohol, but drugs, and he did Vicodin. And Debbie, you may not even know the, this part of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember, you know, feeling like, why did God put this man in my path? And I ended up driving to Tampa where he used to live. I'm in Fort Lauderdale. And he, and he had to go to court because he violated his probation because when he did the, the P test, it came up that he had drugs in his system and he ends up getting thrown back in jail. And like, I am an intelligent, well-educated woman who's suddenly dating this convict. Like, did you know this part of the story? Well, I didn't know all that. I knew that he had had some trouble. And I see you being the fixer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and I remember this moment when I was, I had, I drove to Tampa, he had a court appearance. And I remember sitting in the courtroom, looking over at him on the side with all the other people in their orange suits and saying, what the heck am I doing here? (coughs) And the decision I made at that time was, oh, this must be how God wants me to know unconditional love. There you go. So that's the meaning I took out of that moment and experience. Well, P.S., it turns out the whole time I'm dating him and he tells me he's got this crazy ex-girlfriend, she's actually a crazy girlfriend who's pissed off that he left her and is now over here. And then they're in conversation and he ends up, you know, getting me to get, I say all of this now, I'm giving it to you from the perspective of what I was feeling in. I've now found all kinds of life lessons out of it. So I don't have emotional junk around it. But at the time, there was a lot of emotional junk. Mm 
and, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, bought him a truck, paid for a house for him to live in. Like, there was so much money. Um, and, and I was betrayed when I found out the whole time we're together, he was still in relationship with this other woman. And I felt like a fool, and I felt like a victim at the time. You know, all of that stuff was going on. Well, it's interesting over time, you know, after my online romance scam and people thought, oh, how could an intelligent woman get pulled into that? I've met so many women like you that in person this has happened to too. Mm -hmm. So we all can be taken by somebody. And usually it's someone that's really close to us. It's a family member, someone that you consider part of your family, which this man obviously you felt was part of your family. Mm -hmm. So... What were the steps you took to bounce back? I mean, because that, that takes a hit on you, especially because you're a businesswoman, you're active in social, you know, social things. Did mm -hmm. people know what was going on? Um, only, well, you know what? I don't really know. And, and here's another thing to, to point out. After we broke up and I went through my devastation and my emotional, you know, breakdown related to it, because I did, um, and we were together for about a year and a half. Like, so this took place over a year and a half. So after the fact, people close to me, when I was like, I can't believe I fell for this, and da 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 and they're like, we knew you were being crazy or, you know, not realistic, but we, there was no way for us to – we didn't know how to sit, tell you these things. Mm-hmm. So Your sisters, there, too? The sisters? Um, yes. Yeah. Sort of, but not sort of, sort okay. of. Okay. Um, so, so here's the thing. It's, it's the people closest to you when they see you making perceived mistakes, they probably hold back from saying what they're really thinking because they don't want to risk losing the relationship and closeness with you. Because haven't we all been in that situation where we told the girlfriend, that guy is no good for you. You shouldn't be with him. She picks the guy and you lose the friendship. Exactly. So we've all been in that scenario. And um, it's tough because people want to tell you the truth, but like you said, they don't want to hurt your feelings. But the con man really banks on them not talking to you because mm. he wants to keep you close without anybody else around. Yeah. yeah and he wants true. to keep you silent because he didn't want you telling you know, the other girl to find out. All the stuff that's going on, right. Exactly, because he's done yeah. the same thing to her. It's, mm -hmm. it's just... Uh, so how did you take that experience and make that for good in your life? Um, how did I take that? Well, what I've learned through a lot of personal and spiritual development is, A, that everything happens for me, not to me. Mm -hmm. So looking at the lessons that I learned there that I could have un give unconditional love, even with someone who was, you know, going through all that. What did this person teach me? You know, this person taught me, number one, that I could be betrayed and survive. I could bounce back. I'm, I'm better than ever today. That just because something like this does, happens, it's not the end of the world. It's just another part of the journey. Exactly. It's part of your life's quilt, as I put it. And uh, mm, I like that. It's one that maybe you can share with other women, too, which is what mm -hmm. we're doing with, you know, with our stories. Um, and I know, you know 
sometimes in WPN when you're standing up there and especially when we're doing live presentations, you'd be on the stage and you'd be this greater than life type of a thing. Uh, but I think people sometimes when they put you up on a pedestal, they forget that you're a real person and that things have really happened to you. And I've found that through stories and through hearing people, what people have been through, it just makes them so much more real and mm-hmm. much more honorable. I mean, Nancy, Nancy Matthews has a crack, but she didn't let it pull her apart. She used it to make herself stronger and then to go on to teach other women, which I find tremendous that you and your sisters do that in such a marvelous way. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that too, because there are there are women out there that have been through this, and like they're thinking that they're alone. And and you know, let me just comment on something you said too, because oftentimes, and and that's what your show is about. That's what your messaging is all about. Is about standing up and speaking up, and not letting feeling ashamed of decisions you made in the past, things that you perceive as a mistake, not letting them hold you back from your fullest expression. And I, I heard this quote the other day, and I, I loved it. It says, you don't make mistakes. Mistakes make you. Mm-hmm. Mistakes, mistakes make you smarter. Mistakes make you stronger, and they make you more self-reliant. So mistakes, you don't make mistakes. Mistakes make you. Well, that's like when we hear the word failure. We all consider mm-hmm. failure as being something terribly negative. But failure is just a step to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I like that the, the FFF, the fail, was it fail forward fast? Fail forward fast, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my daughter the other day who was having some, you know, it, she started a new job and she was feeling a little unconfident, if that's the word, not confident in what she was doing. And I'm like, there's no failure here. Each phone call that you make, each person that you talk to that you may not have an answer to, you have resources. You have experience. And you just, you're honest. Be honest with them and say, you know what? I don't have that answer, but I will find it for you. And that's the key. We don't have all the answers. But there are people out there that if we would just open up and tell them what has happened to us, they've been through it also. And they might have an answer for you to help you move forward. Mm-hmm. Well, After. and, yeah, and... When you share your truth, as you've said and as you're doing on this show and you do repeatedly, that's actually what creates the heart connection and opens up the space for honesty between us as individuals walking this planet to to really be in touch with each other and come from that place of unconditional love, like uh, unconditional love. Like we're afraid if I tell this people, like if I tell my story about, you know, I was taken, they're going to think I was a fool. I'm not smart enough. That's all the stuff we make up about what we're afraid people are going to think about us. Right. The fear of, the fear of criticism is uh, on the, on the top list of fears that stop people from living their best lives. It's a fear. It's a shame. It's a real shame because we're hiding we just, you know, and I think that eats us up from the inside out. When we don't share and that, go ahead. There needs to be a shift. The conversations like this is what opens the space that it's okay to share your truth. Because when I tell, when I stand on stage or I'm having a conversation and I share my vulnerability, as our friend 
Bird Smith likes to say, your strength lies in your vulnerability. When mm-hmm. I share my vulnerability, it allows the person I'm with to also be vulnerable. And if we could wipe away this fallacy that if I fess up and tell somebody I made a mistake, that they're going to not like me, not hire me, not, you know, whatever, we could erase that lie because it's a lie. Mm-hmm. If we could erase that, imagine how much more open, loving, and accepting the world would be. We would truly all be the one for each other. Well, that's true, and we look past. I know that you and the sisters have been doing um, some shows about what's going on in the world today and making sure that all of us feel um, loved and, and regardless of mm-hmm. race, religion, and whatever. Um, but I think when you hear a story, I mean, I've spoken with in women's groups where I've been the minority of the group, but when, mm-hmm. I, when I tell my story and I can see head bobbing in the audience and then they come up to me and say, you know, Deb, it's happened to me. There is no color there. It is heart to heart. Uh-huh. And we become true sisters, and, and there's a hug waiting. Is that the greatest thing, or a handhold? And I think that's what we find at, <clears throat> at WPN, is that when we get to know the women there, really know them and know something that's happened to them, we have a hand to hold, and it's very secure, and it's a safe place. And that's the beauty of WPN for me, is that it is a safe space. And Yes. Hopefully a no-judgment zone. I know we, we judge yeah. silently, um, but I think we're all getting better because we're talking about it. Absolutely. And I, and I appreciate what you, guys, what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to move a little bit quickly into the one philosophy because here we're talking about you know, not social distancing and trying to be kind to everybody, but the one, when you hear the one, sometimes you're thinking, well, I don't want to be the only one, but you're not saying be the <laughs> only one. Can you, can you describe what the one philosophy is, what is and how you came up with it and what you're doing with it? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. Uh, so the one philosophy, let me start with how it came about. So I've long believed, as far back as I can remember, that every time I meet somebody, that there's some meaning in it. There's a reason we met at a particular moment in time, and it was for me what I, my words around it in the past were uh, either for me to learn something or for me to teach something or share something. Like the magic in the moment of two people meeting, like we need to honor that, right? It's, it's how I always felt. So when I would meet people, I'd be excited to discover, like, what's the magic of this moment? Who is this person? And, and I've had that general, you know, philosophy throughout my life. One day, I was getting ready to meet with Trina Robinson, who's an NBC6 um, news anchor. And I was so excited that I was going to go have lunch with her, and maybe this would open up the possibility to have the TV show that I always wanted. And then I started like, oh, I better find out about her. I need to really listen and pay attention. And I remember that morning preparing for this meeting, like pausing in my tracks and saying to myself, you know, isn't it interesting that the way I got to know Trina is she popped up on one of the teleclasses I was doing. I had no idea who she was, and I simply um, was interested in her, listened, gave her some suggestions. I valued her, like, and I had no idea who she was. 
Well, it turns out she was this news anchor. She was the one who could potentially help me get on a TV show, right? Mm -hmm. So as I observed this process and my own behavior around it and what I observed in others, I recognized that when we think we're meeting the one, the one who's going to be your next best client, the one who's going to be a connection for you, the one who's going to be your spouse, your boyfriend, when we think we're with the one, our behavior changes to pay more attention to them, listen more intently. We place more value on them than we do every Joe on the street, right? And yes. as, I, as I reflected on that, it felt a little icky to me because what that means is if I think you're the one, meaning I think you can do something for me, I'm going to pay more attention to you. Only if I place more value because you can do something for me. That's what the one in the traditional terms really means, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I don't like that. Well, you know what? I just happened to meet her because she was on a call and we had a great conversation. I was like, what? I treated her just like she was the one. And then I started an experiment. What would happen if I started to treat every single person I meet with that same level of excitement and enthusiasm and value, really valuing each and every person, which takes me right back to my roots that every single person I meet, there's something for me to learn or teach or share between us. Mm -hmm. And as I started that experiment, I found that when I – was with someone, like if I met you at a coffee shop, at an event, wherever, you know, you were the person at the checkout counter, when I was really present with you and I just was like curious about who you are and what's going to be uncovered in this moment, that's all going on internally. You know, I don't walk up to someone and say, oh, I can't wait to see what's uncovered in this moment. (laughs) (laughs) I just treat you as like I know there's, there's value here in this moment in time for us, that people felt loved, appreciated, valued. They opened up. They were more authentic and honest. They felt easy and relaxed in my presence. And that's where I started just sharing with people, you know, just go, I want a world where everyone treats each other as the one. And then from there, I wrote my book, and I have audios and classes and teachings, and I go deeper and deeper with it because it sounds great. And one of the reasons this messaging so resonates with people it's because it's how we all would really love to be. Even as I'm sharing this now, I can feel people sitting there nodding their heads. Yeah, that's good. It's like the golden rule. I just treat others well and be nice to others. But why don't we? If that's what we really want at our core, what gets in the way of that? So what I do is I work with people um, to support them in clearing what gets in the way so we can all be the one who treats everyone as the one. And it takes practice. It takes oh, yeah. deliberate thinking. And it's interesting because when I first heard about this like a few years ago, even walking into the grocery store, I made an extra mm-hmm. effort to get to know the, down here the older men at Publix that are taking your groceries out to the car for you. They're typically mm-hmm. retired older men. And I started talking to one man, and I remember he turned out to be a retired Army colonel. Wow. And he saw the, the veteran things and the, the Marine Corps and the Army things on the back of my car. We had the greatest conversation. And from that point on, I would try to go to the checkout lane where he was. He became kind of my Beautiful. little my buddy. Yeah. But uh-huh. it, gave him, it gave him something fun because I'm like, why are you doing this? Why are you out here? And 
he wanted to get away from home for a little bit because he wanted some time because I meet the nicest people. Mm. I said, well, that's really great because typically at the grocery store you can meet some really grouchy people. Um, but like you said, if we appreciate everybody, the woman that's cleaning the bathroom or the, the television reporter, whoever they are. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. There, there are kind people everywhere, and especially now when we're hiding behind masks. You have to look at their mm -hmm. eyes. Look mm -hmm. at their eyes to connect. It's the only way. And you can tell when someone's smiling behind that mask by their eyes. Yeah. And you yeah. sometimes have to appreciate that because, you know, everybody gets grumpy hiding behind a mask until you realize that and we're not going to get into a discussion of the goods and bads of masks, but <laughs> find a funny mask. You know, do something mm -hmm. fun to start a conversation. Um, and I find that, you know, your, your three, our three words today, appreciate, educate, and elevate. By appreciating the little things, you learn to appreciate the big things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And WPN started off little, and, and how has it grown over the years? It's an amazing organization. Oh. Uh, so, yes, it has grown. So we started in um, 2008, actually the, the tail end of 2007. Uh, held our first event in February of 2008 with about 30 women in a small hotel room in Hollywood, Florida. And now here we are 12 years later, um, thousands and thousands of members, tens of thousands of people who have been positively impacted by this community that has been cultivated with extraordinary women such as yourself and amazing contributions uh, and growth. Like we're really committed to sharing our platform, our skills, our talents. So we as the, the founders and co-creators of Women's Prosperity Network, our mission is about equipping women to step up and, and speak up and stand out with whatever their unique message is that's meant to make a positive difference in the world. So it's, it's been a, an extraordinary journey. And even in face of COVID and the pandemic, like our business was built on doing live events in person. That's how we, that's what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And the shift, we started doing online events using Zoom about two years ago, and it was a little bit of a challenge to get people to show up no, I want to be in person. It's not the same, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, we, we've created online a so similar experience and connection that we do in person. Just come and try it. Well, the pandemic forced people to come and try it. And as a result of that, our membership has grown you know, incredibly beautifully during the past several months. Well, so there is a blessing in that for us. And it's because people can do it from home. And they're, yes. they're not feeling so isolated now when they, I mean, I, I do get on some Zoom time and, and, and sometimes say, oh, I don't want anybody to see me. But there, mm -hmm. <laughs> there is some yeah, fun. I gotcha. Yeah, there's some fun in connecting. Uh, but don't we need to, you only need to look good from the waist up. Well, <laughs> that's it, you know. <laughs> I can be wearing my pearls here and have shorts on. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I, I did hear someone, I think it was the, uh, someone made a comment about dry cleaners, how dry cleaners have seen, a, seen this uptick in shirts, but not pants, you know, in cleaning oh, lately. Funny. Because funny. no one's wearing them, it's, or they're wearing shorts. It's funny. 
But yeah, you guys have really been re like resilient with that word I started at the beginning mm -hmm. in, in changing how you, you are really working with women. And it's women from all ages, all backgrounds, mm -hmm. many who have left corporate that are starting, their entrepreneurs are starting. And the, I think the greatest thing is that the women really truly like each other, love each other, and want people to be successful. There's no backbiting and, you know, you're doing the same thing I'm doing or, or you're on TV, but I'm not. And, you know, how do I get well, there? And, mm -hmm. and here's, so part of our, our core values, which for anybody who's um, got an organization, a community, a company, a small business, no matter how big or large it is, getting really clear on what are the core values that you want your company to stand for. And it took us, when we started in 2008, it took us two days with a moderator and, you know, a facilitator to come up, what are our core values? What do we stand for as a company? And I can tell you that taking that time on the front end has allowed us to live by those values and have a culture that resonates, lives, and breathes it. And, and we really like each other because we treat each other as the one. And that's, that's important. Culture that, yeah. You guys have put yourself around um, and have brought in speakers that are well-known in some, in some groups that, again, some people will put them up on a pedestal and elevate. Mm -hmm. um, have you found, though, that, there are, or that in, the, in the past there have been organizations you brought, on, brought in thinking that they were going to serve you, and then you realize that they don't have the same values? Were you able to push them aside and you know, <laughs> not work with them? That's tough sometimes, especially if they're well-known people. Oh, so let's go back to mistakes. Mistakes. You don't make mistakes. Mistakes make you. They make you smarter. They make you stronger. I've mm -hmm. made lots of mistakes, and guess what? I'm probably going to make some more mistakes, mm -hmm. and that's okay too. But it's it's putting yourself around people that you really connect with on a core value, on your core mm -hmm. values. Mm-hmm. And and not exactly. not not looking for that shiny object, you know. That oh, that person's famous. Well, they might be infamous too. Right? Yes, yeah. So and again, I've I have made errors in the past as it relates to this, and each time I've made a mistake, it raised my level of commitment to be make sure that our values are in alignment before I work with somebody. Right. So that that's leads all, me to the segue. How can people work with you? How do they get a hold of you? And, and even on a free level, I mean, we, we're encouraging people around the world through this uh, Stand Up and Speak Up to connect and to, mm -hmm. to find out how they can better be served by others. So how can women contact WPN? Uh, go directly to our website, womensprosperitynetwork.com, the womensprosperitynetwork.com. And right on the home page, the first thing you're going to see is I have a variety of different um, free gifts, you know, as a way to kind of get to know, you know, who we are, how we serve, and things like that. And, and because we serve the whole woman, like we're not just about your business, although we're highly about business development, um, you know, there's, there's ways you can network with us. There's ways that we can help you improve in sales. So all of these are free things on the website when you go to that page. I've got some meditations on there. I've got a course on there about pivoting during these uncertain times. 
Um, and then some suggestions for taking your message out with speaking. So depending upon what you're looking for, we've got something for you. So just go to womensprosperitynetwork.com. Uh, get on our Wow Wednesday call, which is a call similar to what you're doing today, every Wednesday at 9 a.m. And uh, it's a great way to connect. It's fun. And you're on Facebook? You, you do uh... Yeah, Nancy Matthews, women's, I'm, a, I'm in all those places. Not so good on the Instagram. Facebook is my main hub. And you, you did a, your, uh, the Be Bold, the podcast you're doing. What's that one now? Um, so I've got, there's two podcasts uh, that we're currently running. So the first one that we started back in November is called Be Real, Get Real, which is real mm-hmm. stories of real women. Uh, you were, I think, our first guest on the podcast. I was. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, and then, uh, so I do those interviews. And then my sister, Trish, has recently started doing a series of conversations, being real, getting real, uh, interviewing some of our members who are African American, and just talking to them about what it's like being black in America. Because as a white person, I don't know what that experience is. Right. And there, there's this thing called white privilege that I didn't even know what it was until about two years ago. And I want to personally thank Luana Bradford, who is our Atlanta chapter leader, for opening my eyes just to things I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it comes back to just really creating and seeking understanding and knowing of what other people are experiencing from a pure place of love. So for, so if I could just for a second, like I didn't know that if I was walking into a, let's say I was walking into Macy's, me and then a friend who's, you know, a woman of color, that the feeling she has as she's going through the store is that the shopkeepers are following her around to make sure she doesn't steal anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that every time my child would go out for a jog, they were afraid of them being killed and attacked just because of the color of their skin. Mm. Like these are things that we as white people previously probably didn't even know about, and we didn't have to. And it's important for us to know about the experience that our brothers and sisters are having because we're all brothers and sisters. We're all one. I need to understand that so I can then look at what's going on inside of the systems that our country lives by that allows this to perpetuate. Well, and I was at, an, at a conference out in Dallas last year, um, and I, I do spend a lot of time with women of color in different organizations, and, and I call mm-hmm. them my sisters by other misters. And I really, I've learned so much from these women. Um, but the speaker out there, I can't remember his name, he was saying, Look around your groups and see who is sitting beside you, you know, mm-hmm. and challenge yourself to sit beside someone that doesn't look like you. Yeah, so that's really good. And that's it's really important, good. and I've seen that change in WPN, too, that more mm-hmm. women of color are coming in. And down South Florida, we have a lot of, of gals that are Latina, and, and it's the mm-hmm. same. I mean, it's beautiful because, like you said, we grew up in the Northeast. There was one man of color in my town, one, and he was an older fella, and he was, I, I loved him, his name was Tommy, um, but we never spent time with Tommy. I didn't even know if Tommy had a family, 
Um, but there's no way for us to get to know each other unless we actually spend time with each other and hear stories. And I mean, I listened to Michelle Obama's book, and mm-hmm. I'll put it out there. I wasn't a huge fan initially, but I listened to her story on Audible, and I had a totally different feel of what she'd gone through in her life mm-hmm. when I listened mm-hmm. to her story. So I think we need to do that, that it's important for us to understand other people uh, because we'll understand ourselves better and we'll understand where we came from. And and I listened to my parents in that generation and they're pretty vocal about stuff. (laughs) That's not the way you say things, folks. They they just grew up that way. And I remember when I was little and I got my ears pierced, my grandmother had a mouthful for me about what kind of woman, I, what kind of girl I was because I was getting my ears pierced. And I'm thinking, where'd that come from? And it was coming from my Norwegian grandmother living in Brooklyn who had definite ideas about who gets your ears pierced. So mm-hmm. it's those little things that we grow up with and I'm sure that, this, you know, I called up my mom that day and said, come and get me and then we went and got our ears pierced together. <laughs> like, Here's to you, Grandma. But what kind of limiting beliefs did my grandmother instill in me, you know, or my mom? So those are the things that I love that you're doing too with your NLP and those things that are trying Mm -hmm. to get us to really look at what we have hidden in our brains that are holding us back from really loving our brothers and sisters, whoever they are. Yeah, and and I do want to say I I feel called to talk about this, and we've gone in so many directions today. (laughs) I told you it's a conversation. Um, you know, the other thing I want to say is as it relates to political um, stances that people are taking, I, I believe there has to also be here a desire to understand. So if I'm a Democrat and you're a Republican and I'm like, how can you be a Republican or how can you be a Democrat and blah, 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 that gets us nowhere. Mm-hmm. Whatever party side you're on, we must seek to understand because as right as I might think I am, guess what? The other person thinks they're right and they have some basis for it and we need to honor each other. Being the one really requires that we stop judging and blaming other people and take responsibility to seek understanding because at the end of the day, every single person walking this planet Every action they take, every word, word they speak is all about trying, them trying to get to more love. Exactly. And I know for me to calm myself down, to quiet that when I feel, I stop watching the news for one thing, but yeah. I turn on music. Just find some music mm-hmm. that'll just calm your soul or swim mm-hmm. or do, I wrote an article for Candy Parker's um, Positive Tribe. Positive Tribe. And it was about me swimming laps and how just going through the water was, you know, find some control, find, mm-hmm. find some peace, find something in your life that will calm you down so that when someone is saying something that may not gel with what you believe or whatever, you won't jump on them. You're not going to react because reaction is emotion. Mm-hmm. We need to have the conversations and respond to each other through, like you said, understanding and love. And that's... You know, you and I could talk for hours. This is so much fun. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> what we are going to do, though, is we do have people listening, and I'm going to open it up to questions and answers, and we'll see if this works. If you'd like to come in and ask Miss Nancy a question,
I want you to hit star six, and I think there's a prompt to hit number one to get into the question and answer period. Oh, it worked. Look at we've got Charlotte coming on. Let me go ahead and see if I can oh, get nice. her to come in. Are you there? Hey, this is Charla. Yay! Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, <Welcome>. Charla. <laughs> Great. Great listen to you, Nancy. I have stories I hadn't heard before. Oh, my goodness. But it brought something uh, up, a, a quote from my sister that she said, con men, and this goes way back to the beginning of your conversation, mm-hmm. con men have only themselves to sell and their masters at it. Oh, and yeah. It really, it really hit home to me and then especially when you guys were talking about the uh you know and they pull yourself away from your family and and mm-hmm. and all of that I, I feel like uh many of us have experienced that but if you know the red flags we kind of ignore them because we want <laughs> intimacy <laughs> we want love and uh, another thing that I wanted to that keeps coming up is you know We've got to just love people and love the person in front mm-hmm. of us, love the one in front of us, love mm-hmm. and love as God loves, love with unconditional love, love without color, love without judgment, and the harder they are to love, the more they need it. And our job, I believe our job is just to totally just send blessings and love, whether we can, you know, it doesn't mean unconditional boundaries, by the way. Right. Um, <laughs> that was good. You know, that was good. So unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness, not unconditional boundaries. And we have an obligation, I believe, to be the one, be that person that stands confident and strong and fully uh, committed to to sharing love no matter what and no matter what comes our way. We're going to have to deflect it with blessings and love. And I just uh, have that strong sense that that needed to be reminded a lot of us. And, I, and, and, and yeah, yeah. you guys are certainly masters at it. And uh, so uh, Well, so are you. Have and let, me, <laughs> let me say that you have actually – so thank you for being you, for being a champion, for reminding us of all these things, and for being someone who used love to deflect bullets. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Charlie's going to be a guest on my show too, so that's a whole other story. Yeah. Thank you. you know, and I don't even re- I don't I don't I have not related it to that in that way, like you just said. Oh my gosh! Yeah, truly. Uh-huh. I def- I deflect bullets with love. They're yeah. Yeah. The you do. <laughs> wow. Anyway, thank you so much for. Hey, all wait. Your, hey, um, Charla. You're welcome. Yeah. Carla, I think that's the next name of your next book. There you go. Well, I, I have, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have the ISBN numbers for my next two books. Um, Deflecting and, and, Bullets and, with Love. There you go. <laughs> that might well, be the I subtitle. Mean, <laughs> yeah. It's something, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's really cool, though. That's, that's I hadn't. Uh, inter- interestingly, I haven't di- I mean, those things haven't divert, uh, uh, come together in my head around that. That's very cool. There's, mm, there's a sacred space that's in this moment that was why that came through for you. There you go. Ah, yes, yes. Well, I love you, Nancy, and mm. um, and I'm learning to love Debbie. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. her story was so inspiring to me the first time I heard it. I guess back in 
January or somewhere on this call, on, mm-hmm. on one of the uh, mm-hmm. calls, and so inspired and so inspired. And we all, all, I don't think any of us can say we've not been conned at some point in our life. And because we want to, we want to please, we want to serve, and we want to love. So we sure do. Yeah. We do. Well, thanks and for the coming to us. Love them more they need it. So those thanks for coming to us are... from Texas. <laughs> Yay! Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Blessings. Bye, Charla. Take care, dear. Bye. All right, we have Miss Peggy Hansen coming on. Oh, fun! Peggy, you there? Morning. Hey. Can you hear Peggy? She probably has her phone on. Peg, are you there? There we go. (laughs) It took a little bit. It said it wouldn't let me unmute. Well, I unmuted myself, and it says you may now ask your question. So it's like (laughs) it's all about permissions today, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Welcome. So hi, Nancy. Hi, Debbie. Charla's on the phone, too. That's awesome. You know, we definitely need more stories, and everybody has a story that needs telling. And it's just getting to that space where it can no longer be silent. Mm-hmm. And if it's something that, you know, just needs to come out, it will, it will come out. And you can no longer, it will, it will just no longer be hidden, you know. And it'll, it can be something that has happened when you were younger, like your story, Nancy, you know, about the, you know, dating the, the convict. And, uh, mm-hmm. and there's just, you know, we just need to hear more. And that's one reason why I wrote, you know, created, well, it's one reason. I had several reasons and a purpose for creating the Courage Under Siege series. And, you know, because the more people that who know who you're sitting next to, whether it's on the bus, in the grocery store line, or even at a conference, the better off the world will be because we won't be afraid of who they are, no matter the color of their skin, no matter if they wear uh, their religious um, garments, you know, out in public, you know, and that can be so... um, People are afraid of that because they don't know who that person really is or, you know, they've heard, like Debbie, you know, you said earlier with people, you know, growing up with different ideas, you know, getting your ears pierced, you know, meant you were a different type of woman. Well, thank goodness you are a different type of woman because you're here today in this space. So I thank you for being that different type of woman. You're sweet. Thanks. Um, So, and you know, you talk about the, the conversations running, you know, in so many different directions today, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is great. And I love it because this is the sisterhood that has been created by, by you, Nancy, and Trish, and Susan, your other two real sisters in life, mm-hmm. as you say. You know, it's just so easy to sit down and just have a conversation and just, you know, not, not about business, but about the things that happened and that inspired or pushed us, perhaps, in a, in a gentle way, you know, to do what we do today. And, uh, you know, well, I, I wrote down, go ahead. Well, I was going to say to, to that point, Peggy Lee, one of the core foundations of creating Women's Prosperity Network came about because um, I would go to a networking event, I would go to a conference, I would go to, you know, a women's group meeting, and we'd have all of these 
separate conversations where people weren't really revealing, you know, the whole of themselves, the truth of themselves. But, you know, mm-hmm. at a networking event, I'd show up this way. At a conference, I'd show up this way. With my girlfriends, I'd show up this way. And we wanted to create a space where the entire woman, her whole self, could be real, get real, and achieve real results. And you, what yeah. you described a moment ago is evidence, living proof, that that's what our community is about. Mm-hmm. So, well, and, again, and, going and, and, and back, yeah. Yeah, going back yeah. to the core foundation, the values and the principles of our company have remained the same, which is why we've one of the many reasons we've sustained over the past 12 years. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, the value for me, too, I didn't have any sisters. So mm-hmm. I have three brothers. So it's lovely to have women friends that we can sit and have conversations with. Yeah. It's fun. It's real conversations. Yeah, real conversations. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. You know, and, and um, you know, where you can sit and laugh and, you know, go into a space where you don't normally go. And it's just so freeing, you know, to be able to do that. You know, it comes, and, you and know, it comes and, down to trust. Trust absolutely. and love. Trust and love. Absolutely. Well, Peg, you know, I, and, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, get you, get you off too soon, but we have a couple of uh, just, you know, I have a, yep. a Dr. Tim's coming on with some privacy conversations that we need to have. Um, Perfect. And I thank you so thank much you, for Peg being Hillary. here. Love she, you. Peg's a regular. She's wonderful. I love having her on. I love um, her. <laughs> yeah. We have Dr. Tim McGinnis. Tim is the founder of SCARS, which is a Society for Citizens Against Relationship Scams. I'm on the board of SCARS. And I want to have a side note real quick. I want to welcome... Um, Brain dump. Sharon Armstrong from New Zealand and Benita Alexander, who is a former uh, news broadcaster from up north, they're on our board now. I welcome them because they're going to bring so much value to our international organization. But Tim and I have been talking recently because I was contacted by a WPN sister who actually was in the process of being scammed by someone and she had heard my story. And she would reached out to uh, Stephanie down at WPN and said, who is that? sister, who was that woman that had the experience and we were able to get connected and it made me realize that no matter how smart our WPN sisters are, how savvy they are, there are certain things in our social profiles that we're leaving open to scammers. And I'm bringing Tim on, Dr. Tim, because he's going to talk to us briefly about some things we can do to clamp down on our social privacy. So Tim, are you there? I am here. Thank you, Debbie. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for being here. So one of the great challenges that in listening to this conversation, I don't really want to inject opinion, but one of the realities that we all face is the challenge of, of dealing with situations and with people who don't reciprocate in the mutual concerns and, and respect. In, in the world that we live in, we have to recognize that not everybody is going to be someone who can be loved because they are true monsters that live in the world that, that are predators that prey on individuals around us. And the smartest thing that we can do is 
respect that these exist and deal with them through our own protections, avoiding the cons, so to speak. And the most important thing that anybody can do is by developing the necessary defenses to respect that a snake is a snake. It is what it is by its very nature. So when we're living online, we have to realize that in Facebook, for example, uh, uh, you know, that was mentioned uh, earlier in the conversation. The reality is that almost 54% of all active profiles on Facebook are in fact fake. Some of them are fakes by real people who create additional profiles for less than honest purposes, but the vast majority of them have been created by online cyber criminals, whether they're in India, whether they're in China, whether they're in, in West Africa, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, it is an issue where, where race really doesn't come into play. A predator is a predator is a predator. So the reality is you have to protect yourself, and you have to do this by taking control, as Debbie talked about when she was swimming, you can actively control your environment by using the tools that are in front of you, such as Facebook's privacy settings, to exclude the, the random predators that are in fact going to find you. And when they find you, they also have found all of your friends and all of your family. So the first and foremost thing that you have to do is you have to make sure that all of the various parts of your online experience are as locked down and private as they possibly can be. If you display photos to the public, those photos can and will be abused, particularly photos of children. Online predators are everywhere. So the reality is the first thing you have to do is make sure that you go into your privacy settings and Facebook Facebook does not make this easy. Some of the privacy settings are in the individual section. There may be a gear symbol or there may be um, a place in that section where you have to right-click or click on to be able to get access to those settings and change them so that they are either limited to just your friends. We recommend that you don't use the setting of friends of friends because you don't know how careful your friends actually are. So you want to limit it to just the people that you personally know. Set it to your friends or to only you. So for example, if you've got a Facebook profile that's full of your history, where you went to school, where you've lived, jobs that you've had, etc., make sure that these are private, that they're only shared with your friends or only you, because they will be abused. If your timeline is public, make sure that all of your posts, and you can go back with a single function in your Facebook settings and change them all to only you or to friends of your friends, because your public history is a potential danger that can be used not only against you, Scammers can impersonate you by stealing your photos, your past history. They can create a complete clone of your profile in a matter of minutes. In fact, there's even software available where 
that's available on the dark web for scammers where they can simply put in a profile link and it will automatically create an exact clone of that profile with a single click. So the reality is you have to spend the time and the energy to lock down your profile and be aware of this when you're putting up information on your profile. Not only to be concerned about the appearance of things or whether or not it's going to conflict with your friends and family, but also what dangers does it present by posting that information online. And that's going to be true whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram. Um, so in the case of Instagram, you may want to have a private Instagram account that the only people who can see it are the people that you grant permissions. Twitter, much the same. You might want to set your Twitter up so that um, you don't allow anyone to follow you. And by the way, followers on Facebook, we all know what friends are for. They're people that you grant permission. But you want to change your settings so that strangers cannot even send you a friend request. So that if somebody wants to send you a message, they can submit a message request and then you can decide if you even want to see that message. But there's a thing on Facebook called followers. You should never allow followers on your personal profile, either they're friends or they're strangers. Followers are a way for people to, in stealth mode, keep an eye on you and what you're doing without you actually knowing it or having the approval to decide if you want them to see what, what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're showing. So you should eliminate followers altogether on your personal profile. It's simply too high risk. Hey, Tim. Scammers. Yes, go ahead. It, it sounds like we should have a whole lesson on Facebook privacy. And there, uh, SCARS has a lot of really excellent information. Can you give people um, the, how we can get a hold of that information and how they can protect themselves? Can you give the SCARS website? Well, the, the best thing to do would be on Facebook itself, search for SCARS, and you will find our dozens of different pages. Most of our Facebook-related information is, is on Facebook. Our primary information website is romancescamsnow.com, but you can also find our main website at againstscams.org. And remember that if you encounter a scammer or a fake, be sure to report them to Facebook, but also report them to anyscam.com. There you go. It's perfect. And, and Dr. Tim has incredible amount of information on the website uh, about potential scammers and what's happening with elder scam and teen scams. And, and unfortunately, with social distancing and the pandemic, the scammers have not gone on vacation. Um, and they're out there in a big way. So thank you, Tim. I appreciate you being on today. I'm going to go back to Nancy for a minute to give her the last word. Nancy, thank you so much Hi. for being part of WPN, to, you know, bringing WPN to the world, to the women, uh, for being the one. I know the, the one for me. Um, last word for everybody, what would you like to say? So um, thank you for having me. Um, thank you, Tim, for everything you're doing and bringing to the world to help us all. And for everyone listening in, as you move out into your day, pay a little bit more attention to every person that's 
crossing your path in whatever way, whether it's on a Zoom or in person, and see how you can be the one for them to let them know they're loved, they're appreciated, and they matter. Thank you so much, Nance. You have brought the one to me today. I just It's a great way to start Thank Thursday you. morning. Um, yeah. Everybody be happy, be careful. I want you to be sure to join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Stand Up and Speak Up. This episode has been sponsored by BenfoComplete.com, which is my company, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy hands and happy feet for those with neuropathy. And we have a special stand-up coupon that will give you 5% off your any order that you have if you go to BenfoComplete.com and put stand-up in the discount. Uh, it's something that's important today to stand up and speak up and be there for each other. Thank you, Nancy and Dr. Tim, for being the ones for me today and always. And we wish everybody who's been on the show a marvelous day. Stay healthy and safe. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody.